For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. In 1961, the city of Berlin became the, the, the physical center of, of the Cold War. In 1961, uh, East Germany uh, put up a barbed wire fence uh, around uh, West Berlin. And uh, over time, uh, you know, the, there was this exodus of people who were fleeing from the East into the West. Uh, and and the, the officials in, in Russia and in, in East Berlin um, we're becoming uh, becoming really concerned about this exodus of people, and so they put up this barbed wire fence. And then, over time, uh, the barbed wire fence wasn't enough, and the fence got larger and larger and larger until the fence became uh, became this this massive uh, mammoth wall with all these defenses. And uh, and for a time, for a number of decades, it, it actually became the most dangerous place on earth to be to be near that wall was the most dangerous place on the planet. Um, and then a few decades later, in the, the early 90s, um, under sort of global pressure, uh, the, the leader uh, of East uh, Germany uh, was, was pressured into beginning to open things up a little bit. But uh, he was reading a memo in the, in the midst of a television press conference. He hadn't prepared for it, and he misread the memo uh, and instantly and completely opened up the gates to the wall. And the people responded by by flooding in. There was this this influx of people rushing from east into west, and it really resulted in one of the largest parties in in the history of humanity. Uh, you had these these families reconciled who have been separate from this separated by this wall for for thirty years, for decades apart, and and there was the celebration of freedom and of opening and of people being united who were once separated, and uh, and then they began to use hammers and chip away at the wall and. And hammers eventually turned into bulldozers, and the wall came crashing down, uh, which eventually, as well, soon after, led to the reunification of Germany itself. <clears throat> Do we have walls in our lives? Are there walls between us and other people? And, and Jesus, I think, is going to speak to that here to us today. Um, Matthew chapter 18, starting in verse 10. See that you do not despise one of these little ones, for I tell you that in heaven their angels are always, uh, always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. Uh, he's again talking about children. He had just been talking about uh, about children and not uh, not leading children into temptation or to stumble and the importance of children. So he's talking about them. And there's a little debate here when he's talking about angels. Is that guardian angels? It says that they're they're before the face of of God in heaven. So they're, they're not really here on earth so much, and so I don't think it's a guardian angel thing. The word angel itself, angelos, in, in Greek also means messenger. And so what's probably going on here is Jesus is talking about these messengers reporting to God, uh, reporting back to God about injustices that are being done. Uh, what do you think? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them has gone astray... Does he not leave the 99 on the mountains and go in search of the one that went astray? Um, we, see, we see God's heart for, the in, for individuals, um, particularly, you know, again, coming out of this, this, this talk on children, particularly in the weak and the vulnerable. And if he finds it, truly I say to you, he rejoices over it more than of the 99 that never went astray. So it is not the will of my Father. So it is not the will of my Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. Um, 
it sort of echoes back to Jesus talking about uh, the sparrow and if a sparrow falls that God knows about it and if God knows about it then how much more so therefore does he know and care about us. It's God's care for, uh, for individuals and for the vulnerable and for the weak and those who, who go astray. Verse 15, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens, you have gained your brother. Uh, again, this, remember, this is in the same context as a sheep that has gone astray. So it's this idea of, of your brother or someone that you love going astray. Uh, and and it, it's this structure of accountability um, to go to him. And, and we're reminded of what Paul says in Galatians chapter 1 in this, this attitude. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch over yourself lest you too be tempted. I think Paul is talking there about pride, the temptation to pride, feeling better than the one that you're confronting, catching them in a mistake catching them in sin. Uh, and so what, what Jesus is saying is in love, seeking for the purpose not of shaming them, not of, of, of gloating over their sin, but always the purpose of reconciliation, of the lost sheep that's gone astray, finding them and bringing them back. There's, and so this Matthew 18 uh, chapter here, this, this, this passage has become well known about accountability and pursuing, but it's all about bringing the lost sheep back in. It's about reconciliation. But if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you, that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. Again, so if they don't respond to you going in love and in humility with gentleness, then you bring someone else along with you. Again, not this isn't about shaming. It's not about gloating over them. It's not about beating them down. But rather, it's about showing that, hey, it's more than just me who's worried about you. There's more than just me who cares about you. There's more than just me who's seeing an issue here. And so, again, it's about humility, gentleness, love for the purpose of restoration and reconciliation. Uh, Verse 17, if he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Uh, so, I, I sound like a broken record, but again, it's not about uh, gloating over and shaming them as a church, but rather gathering the church around to care for them, to love, for, love them, to pray for them for the purpose of reconciliation, about restoring relationship. And then this, this, this line about being as a Gentile or a tax collector is not, it's not really about excommunication, about shunning people. But rather, what was the church's responsibility towards sinners, Gentiles, tax collectors? It wasn't to shun them and to look down on them. I mean, Jesus didn't do that. But rather, it was to instead bring, bring the gospel, to evangelize, to share the good news, of, of, of see them as an outsider who needs grace, who needs their eyes open to see the reality of who Jesus is, uh, and show them grace and mercy and seek to bring them in. And so we've kind of taken this and twisted it into this excommunication, shun and shame. And that's not what it's about at all, I think. It's about um, actually realizing that they're just like the outsider, just like a a non-Christian who simply just needs grace and love and needs to, to, to better understand who Jesus is. Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Uh, A reminder, Jesus said that already, and he's talking about the message of the the kingdom, the message of the gospel and of forgiveness and grace is given to the church. Um, It's not written in the skies, and if we, the church, don't proclaim grace and forgiveness, 
then no one will hear. And so we have the power to set people free by the proclaiming of the gospel in ways that people can hear it. We also have the power to bind if we simply refuse to do it, if we don't, if we withhold, if we, if we don't show humility and grace. Again, I say, if two uh, of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Um, a bit of a strange verse, but I, again, in context, I think it's talking about people going together in order to, to try and love and care for, to, to bring reconciliation for a person, somebody who's going astray. We've seen that God cares about the one sheep that's gone astray. So if two or three people, if people are gathered together, try and bring that person back in, that God is with them in the midst of it and wants to hear and answer those prayers. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. Again, uh, sometimes that's been sort of twisted and, and, and taken out of context. It's talking about going after someone who, who has gone astray. Uh, that the lost sheep, that when two or three gather together to try and bring reconciliation, to love them, um, and to bring them back in, that God is with those two or three who are gathered. Um, when we see Matthew chapter 18, the Lord regards and regarded and still regards, as one quote says, um, the discipline as described here to be a very important matter. Its neglect means the ultimate destruction of the church. That it's our responsibility to confront uh, sheep that are going astray. And confront maybe sounds too too hard, but to love, to pursue, ultimately with the goal of reconciliation, of bringing um, individuals together, reconciling that relationship, um, but also reconciling them with God, restoring that relationship and our responsibility to sort of speak the truth always, but to always speak the truth with, with gentleness, with grace, with humility, with meekness. Uh, and we come out, this comes out of, you know, Jesus applauding children, that the children are the greatest among them. And there's something here that I think in our attitude, this humble childlike faith as we seek to love others who are going astray, the sheep who's leaving, a sincerity and absence of ulterior motives, perseverance, um, a love for, for those all who are concerned, subject to God's sovereign will in Christ's name. And so um, what are the walls in your life between you and someone else? Over time, just like the Berlin Wall, if we ignore those walls, if we ignore those divisions and, and those things, they will grow. Uh, like the barbed wire fence that turns into the concrete barrier. Go. Take initiative in love, in mercy for the sake of reconciliation, not to shame, not to beat down, but to love and seek to, to offer grace and hope and forgiveness, um, to try and clarify misunderstandings of the gospel. Um, go in humility and childlike faith. Um, repent where you need to repent. That's a great open door to walk in. You know, if there's a wall, a barrier between you and someone else, if, a great way to get through the wall, through the gate, is to, to start with repentance. Ask forgiveness for your part in, in the issue, whatever it might be. Ask forgiveness and then listen. Spend lots of time listening. Often that's, I think, what people really need is just someone to listen, to know that, that we care, to know that we actually care and love. We hold to the truth. We don't compromise truth for someone else's opinion. We hold to the truth, but we do it in love and with grace for the purpose of reconciliation. So is there someone in your life uh, this week, maybe even today, there's a wall going up that you need to go to for the sake of restoring that relationship and hopefully as well restoring the relationship between them and God. Let me pray. God, we pray for uh, 
We pray for those strained relationships. We pray for the sheep that have gone astray. Give us the wisdom and the love and the grace to go um, along with you. Try and bring them back to the flock. Bring them back to you, back to community. God, help us not to to have a spirit, to be tempted to have a spirit of pride. Uh, Give us grace and humility as we seek to simply love as you love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, hope you have a great rest of the day, and uh, we'll talk again soon. Take care.